0: Good morning and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we are going to be learning Chukas Shvi, the seventh and last Aliyah in Chukas. The topic of our Aliyah is the war on the east bank of the Jordan. Our Aliyah is sixteen Suki long and ranges from Perikhof Chof Aleph, Pasuk Chof to Perik Chof Pasuk Aleph. So let's take a look at the basic summary and then we will look at a few points to ponder on the Aliyah. The summary goes as follows. Israel sends messengers now to Sichon. Sichon is the king of an Amorite kingdom on the east bank of the Jordan, and he asks for permission to pass through the land again with the precondition that they won't veer off the path. Sichon refuses and instead gathers all of his army together and comes out to Israel in the desert at a place called Yatza. Israel then subsequently beat them in this battle and inherited their land from Ammon to Yabok, all the, the, to, the, to the border of Ammon in the. Because it was a strong border. And we hear about them settling all the Emirate cities. We hear a little bit about the history of a city, or the main capital city, called Cheshbon. It was used to be a Moabite city, but it was conquered by the Emirates and now subsequently conquered by the Israelites. And we have a little interjection in the Aliyah in the name of the Moshlim. Those are the parable sayers. Who, met, who write an elegy about Kheshbon And there's very poetic language here about what they said about the city called Cheshbon. One should, they said one should come to Kheshbon as it will be rebuilt. A fire emanated from Sichon and consumed Kheshbon and woe upon Moab who lost the city and their children were taken to slavery. So it's sort of the Moshlim, apparently, whoever they are, described this takeover from the times of Moab's um, loss of the city to the uh, the Amorites. Then we hear about the Israelites settling in the the entire Amorite land, and Moshe then sends spies to a city called Yaazer and conquers it. The spies conquer it and the surrounding villages. They then went further north to the land of Bashan. Bashan today is in the area of the Golan Heights and uh, lower on the east bank of the Jordan. However, the king of Bashan, Og, came out to fight them at a place called Edrei. And Hashem tells Moshe, don't, don't be worried, don't fear him. Hashem will give him in your hands like Sichon, And that's what happened. They conquered Bashan and they settled in the plains of Moab. So this is a very large conquest of the east bank swath of the, of the Jordan. So a few basic questions that we can consider ourselves. Number one is, why did Moshe send messengers to Sichon? After all, Sichon is an emorite and the emori are one of the nations, the seven nations of the land of Israel, of Canaan, which are to be destroyed. So why was he even sending messengers? Rashi says this indicates that the policy is that Israel would always send messengers of peace before fighting. So this is the policy that we're going to see even when it doesn't see explicitly stated when conquering the land of Israel. So it's not blood thirsty genocide, is first diplomacy which is offered. Now diplomacy means to say that they need to be tax-paying subservient nation to them, but that is the offer at least first. Um, the Ramban says, no, this is not offering peace at all. Moshe did not think that this is going to be the land of Israel. At this point in time, Reuben and Gad weren't interested in making their request out staying here. He just wanted to gain access to Israel. So he wanted to go through that, which is why He's sending messengers just to go through. So we can ask ourselves, why was Sichon so aggressive? Like, calm down, why are you coming out with an army? Rashi explains that he actually collected attacks from the, those who lived in Canaan as a protective bow, um, buffer on the outskirts on the eastern flank of Israel. And so this was his job, was to act as a buffer. So he felt it incumbent upon himself to defend those or the, the inner states, which is why when he fell, that's why he really gets very nervous in the area. Now, why do we hear this whole story and the history about Cheshbon? Why is it relevant to us right now? Rashi explains that Israel was not allowed to conquer Moab. Moab is one of the nations Israel does not have the right to. So the Torah is emphasizing that it wasn't from Moab that he got it in the first place, that Moshe was able to conquer it. It was because it was already cleansed by the Amorite, and the Amorite they could conquer later um, as well. Um, This is important because later on, when you get to Sefer Shoftim, where there's going to be a land dispute with Ammon and Moab, they're going to revise this history. They're going to change it, much like many people in the Middle East revise history to explain how their narrative fits in. So the Moabites are going to say, well, you took Cheshbon from us. And that's not true. Cheshbon actually was taken by the Amorites and later by the Israelites, just to clarify matters, which is why it's being emphasized here. Now, who are these Moshlim and why do we need to hear about them? Rashi says the Moshel, the person giving the parable over here about Cheshbon, is Bilam, none other than Bilam. and this is one of the many predi- uh, predictions he made about the nations around the Middle East, and this sort of lines us up for the next parasha where we understand his role as well. Um, um, uh, the Ramban says that this is referring to the word on the street so it's not referring to a particular person on a soapbox it's just everybody who who's talking which means to say that understanding at the time is that Cheshbon had trained, changed hands it is worthwhile noting that the Gemari Baba Basra Daf Ein Chesam Beis takes all the words of these Moshlim and to be something of deep, meta, metaphysical, spiritual consequence. So Rabbi Yochanan would say that it's referring to people who want to Bo um, Cheshbon, come to do a, a level of self-reflection, Cheshbon and Hanefesh, and each phrase is unpacked. You know, so when it, say, when it says that a person does Cheshbon, a person should calculate how, how much the cost-benefit of every Avera is. Then when when it says it should be rebuilt, a person says how we rebuild and build our a share in the world, to come. And there's a whole description about the flame which comes out of Sichon, the types of righteous people in the world. It's a very beautiful description and so it takes it much more in a we'll call metaphysical direction. Finally, last question, Aliyah, is when it came to Og, why was it Hashem needed to send reassurance to Moshe that he would conquer Og? Well, Hashem did not say that when it came to Sihon. Why not? Here? So Rashi explains because Og, the king of the Bashan, actually has a history. He was the palit, he was the refugee from the war of the four and five kings of the times of Avram Avinu. And he came to tell Avram that Lot, his nephew, had been captured. Now, he was doing this because he had his eyes on Sarai. But, in and uh, nonetheless um he did uh, uh, allow Avram Vinu to defend his nephew and go and save him, and that was seen as a zchus because he has that merit. That's why um, that Moshe Rabenu is more concerned about him. There are fantastical midrashim about the great size of Og; he was a giant, and so therefore the, uh, it is consequential that the victory of Sechon and Og are very significant battles, very significant successes which are going to impact the psychological perspective of the Canaanite nations, as you will see when we enter Sefer Yosha. This concludes the seventh Aliyah and Parshas Chukas. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.